1: Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess.
2: Welcome, guys, and happy Wednesday. We're coming to you from Salem, New Hampshire today. And today we have a very special guest. We have one of Scott's trainer friends. How long have you known, Penny?
1: Uh, since 2009, so 20, yeah. 20 uh, 10, 11 years, 12 yeah, years now. Long,
2: long time. So uh, one of his very trainer close. friends from one California. of my <laughs> And what happened was Scott actually was visiting... One of um, his other friends last month who was ailing in health and he went to stop and visit and he drove by Penny's freaking training location. So if you are out in the Pasadena area, I want you guys to check out um, Scott Fox training and you drove by, you took a picture, they had coffee and now Penny's on the podcast. So Penny, thank you so much for joining us today. And if you guys missed it, our quirky tip of the day is to check out Scott Fox dog training.
1: Altadena, California. (laughs)
2: Penny, Fox, Scott, thank you so much. Or Scott Fox, I'm sorry, I'm screwing that up. Thank you so much for coming on today. I have not personally met Penny, but Scott speaks very highly of you. So um you guys met doing nose work together. Is that what
0: happened? Yeah. We um I was one of the original founding instructors for the original Scentwork um organization, which is the National Association of Canine Work. Cool. And Scott joined the instructors program way back ten years ago. Insane. Nice. It's gone nuts. Oh
2: yeah. <laughs> nose work rules North America. That's for sure. Um, and yeah. you are doing so much more with your training business now. When Scott was out there, you're doing a ton of stuff with scent, like with your classes and stuff. Can you just point to what some of that other yeah. unique stuff is? Cause I was just so excited to hear about it.
0: I have, I have lots of different things. I have, I, I teach scent work or nose work. It's all the same, just different organizations, but I also do something involved um, with the North American sport dog association, which is NASDA. And then I have a whole separate thing, which is a puppy preschool. But I teach predominantly scent work. Cool. I do some of the but, but not much. Cool. It's kind of it frustrating. Yeah.
2: And are you working with um, mostly pet dogs when you're teaching the
0: scent work? No, most of most of my students be- become performance people. Okay. Um, I'm very, I, I really try to push them that way because the dogs really want to work and yeah. they really enjoy um, the competition. And at least with scent work, they can't. Uh, they can't really mess it up that much. So <laughs> yeah. most, most, most of my students become performance people or, and I have some who are, you know, retired agility dogs that come into doing performance stuff with me. Yeah. So I, and I, and I, and I push people to, to compete. I really do. Yeah. And awesome.
1: One of the things uh, I know we're going to talk about a lot, but the deer sheds is one of the <laughs> competitions. How do you teach that? And I brought along a, an antler cause I had messed around with this with my dog but in so, an in an urban sure. environment, I mean, are you just teaching them how to find that scent, but in a competition, I'm assuming it's more of a natural wilderness type of a thing, isn't it, or no
0: it is it is it's um I love shed, I think it's like one of the most exciting sports to do because nothing has to die for it. I have retrievers, and I don't have to go and kill ducks to to prove that my dogs can retrieve so yeah. I like it. sure, I, I sure. Like you and well. you
1: and Jess are be on the same page with that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I just hate handling the dead birds, you know. So shed for me was a really great transition to be able to prove that my dogs can retrieve and bring to hand and do the work, even though it's nothing dies. So I just I just use them as a toy, and I so my dogs don't have antlers to chew on, and all their toys are just antlers. And so I pick them up, I throw them, it's a retrieve, and it becomes a game, and then I just put them away. Do you see? Usually- found-
1: I'm sorry to interrupt you, but do you use like the small pieces that they sell at Petco, or do you try and go out and find a good-sized piece like this? Big
0: sizes. Big ones, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because the little ones really look like chews, and and because they've been split, there's a lot of the inner core, I don't know what it's called, um, that the dogs want to eat. So it's better to have a real real antler. And um, the bigger, the better, because in competitions, they're pretty big.
1: Um,
0: And I was up in Canada with, with Zest, and the antler was as big as her. Sure. You know, it's like, you know, it's like this big. And, and she picked it up. I didn't care. That's cool. um, so I make it into a game. So to me it's all about the game of finding the animals and bringing them back to me, but I don't leave them out. They're not, they're not a toy toy. Yeah, you know, They're just, they're just for work.
1: Right. That's exciting. I know people that wanted to do it for the money of selling uh, these sheds uh, and yeah. you know, usually when there's the money is the motivator they're gonna quit because there's a lot of work that goes into this stuff and you do it for fun you do it to enjoy doing it so the dog can enjoy it and if you're only thinking about oh I'm gonna make all this extra money uh, it to me it just kind of undermines the whole thing you know
0: well I agree and I think that it's really it's just a bit of fun and I'll, it's so easy to put on I'll come out and put a shed trial on for you it's like it's like it's so easy I was in Hawaii judging and we had a, a spare day so i just said hey why don't we put on a shed car and they're just like okay and so that's what we did they dismantled somebody dismantled their lampshade which was made out of antlers and we used those antlers as the as the shed articles so well we're be... holding
2: you to it penny we're holding you oh, to I, it I Scott was come. she
1: came <laughs> for me before so i know she'll come out it's not a problem
2: scott was I'm, I'm, out with I'm his cor- with his so core like
1: <laughs> uh, i'll just say briefly she came out to um do the odor recognition test oh, with about nice. thirty of my uh, students, and the hotel she was staying in flooded.
2: Oh my god! <laughs> we'll put you up somewhere nicer this time.
0: <laughs> it was insane, and I thought I got this phone call from the manager saying you need to evacuate. And I thought it was Scott taking the piss. I was like, joking, Scott. This is a really bad idea. And he said. I don't know who you're talking to because this
2: is completely. The- <laughs> That's what people think. You have them out to trial and you're telling them to evacuate their hotel. All right. Tell me a little bit about, I know that you're gearing towards having people go the performance route because, you know, it's more fun for the dogs and the owners and everybody likes the ribbons. But tell us a bit about what you think that Scentwork does strengthening the bond between dog and owner. Because you've been seeing it now for the past, you know, five to 10 years in person still. And we haven't been doing as many of these classes the past decade.
0: Uh, it's, that's, that's the beginning of the whole thing, isn't it? That, um, a game like Scentwork, where the dogs are in control can give the dogs the freedom to be a little bit more, um, What's the word I want to say? Just a a, a little bit more present. So the handler is always sort of in the background and the dog's doing the work. And so it makes them have a little bit that the handlers don't have to control the dog so much, even though there's a lot of training that needs to go in to be, you know, up at the top position. But really, it just gives, in my opinion, what I've seen is it gives the dogs the freedom to be themselves without having to be controlled by it. Because all they're doing is sniffing. It doesn't matter what they're looking for. All they're doing is sniffing. Now... I have had people complain that their dogs are sniffing and it's just like, well, what did you think you signed up for? It's called like <laughs> scent work and nose work. It's not going to be, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of weird, but yeah. I, the, the dogs seem to be more relaxed. And with I've had some extraordinary breakthroughs with very fearful dogs where they, in a couple of classes, they're just like on it and, and really, really running into the building, really excited. And I think that using their nose can deflect all of the other fear issues that maybe go on around them. And, and, and it's been, the, the change has been remarkable. Yeah.
2: Well, and in a sense, like the way you're describing it, they're kind of like being put into the driver's seat. You know what I mean? And that is a difference in that sport that I am not really recognizing, but now you're saying it, I see it. You're, you you do not have the energy of the handler nearby. You're not being told to do anything at all times. Like you're really working in your own, you know, vein. Like the dogs are the ones that are creating their own channel.
0: Right, And there are some handlers who, and I judge quite a lot, who overhandle. And you can see that the dogs are just like, well, you know, you do it then. you know where it is, then you do it. And you can see them shut down. And and that's just a different training style to me. I'm very much more um, let the dogs do the work and they'll show you exactly what's going on. And then then you can follow on behind. And so the, the way I teach is I do a lot of exercises where the handlers just observe what the dogs are doing so that they can actually start to read them and understand what's going on. It's, it's great. I love it. Yeah. I, love it. I was
1: going to say on the other end of the spectrum, you have a lot of handlers that have a certain amount of anxiety and when the dog can get away from the handler a little bit, they can actually relax. Yeah. And when, the, when this anxious person is right up their butt all the time, it stresses right. the dog out too, you know?
0: And I, I do a lot of exercises where I make the handlers just sit in a chair and not <clears throat> And, and then the dogs could go, oh, thank God, you know, I can work. And it's, you know, um, and it gives the handlers the confidence in the end. So once once the handlers can see that the dogs can do it without them having to be right there, then I think there's a change and a shift in their relationship where they become much more in tune with each other. And they start you know?
1: trusting the dog more, yeah, instead of yeah. second-guessing the dog all the time.
0: Yeah, most of the time. and And I don't do any blind searches where the pandas don't know where they are i always say that the competition is the test right i think we spend so much time testing their dogs all the time sure that um i just i just don't do it i, yeah. I, find, I find that i want them to learn what they're looking at it's, it's much more powerful really yeah. yeah so
2: you're judging and you're competing and you're training you're doing all these things within the vein yeah. of scent work right now yeah I, I do a lot of judging yeah. So, um, so you, I, your I, students, I,
1: students always pass then <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but, and i and i run people's dogs you know sometimes people say and then i and then i beat them and then they get really upset they're just like well what's the you know it's just I, I just love competing yeah. so to me to me competing whatever the sport is me and my dog being a team and going out to prove that i can do what i say i can do
1: well the, so, the nice yeah. thing about the shed dogs is that they actually bring back the shed so that's their alert that's their whole thing they bring it back to the handler and when you get into the um the rodents that's a, a, a barking alert i'm assuming when they find um,
0: it's actually so this is this is the really brilliant thing about NASDAQ that puts it ahead of everything else is the judge calls the alert yes.
1: oh, okay. oh okay wow so the
0: judge says <laughs> yes your dog has found it so the handlers don't have to do anything which really increases their confidence because they don't even have to worry about getting it right right so right. Um, and, I'm, and I'm a senior judge for NASDAQ because I really enjoy that, and I, I encourage a lot of my students to do whether it's the antlers, the shed, or the rats. Rats are in special boxes, and then there's a whole another thing called lost item recovery, which is just amazing.
1: That sounds um, really interesting. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. That 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 that's brilliant, it's brilliant.
1: And that's uh, that seems to be probably way more advanced the lost item recovery compared to say rodents or even uh, a shed.
0: Yeah. yeah. But, well. The rodents, most of the dogs are going to go for a rat. Yeah. You know, because And, and, and in trailing and locating, we, we do a trail, so they follow a track, right. or they follow a trail.
1: As opposed to a keychain.
0: <laughs> As opposed to a keychain. Yeah. But it's so easy to teach your dogs to find your stuff, and right. it just becomes really fun, and it becomes, and, and, and actually Zest gets hired quite a lot. If people lose stuff, they, they ask me to come and help them find, and she's found a wedding ring in the middle of an agility course and, and stuff like that. You know? so, but it, it, is, it is a bit harder. But again, the judge says yes. It's only at the top, top levels now. We're just designing the grand championship levels where the hand actually going to have to call it. But it takes all, all the pressure off yeah, and, it, no. and it gives dogs a huge confidence boost because they don't have to worry about the handle.
2: Well, and I like uh, that there's so many different levels of searching. They're not just searching for sense or whatever in Q-tips. Um, and tell us the NASDA is the acronym, but tell us what that stands for, just so people
0: are aware. It's the North American Sport Dog Association. Okay, um, and it's it's actually was designed by Liz Carter, who is a Jack Russell person. Okay, and they did these games at the Jack Russell Specialty a couple of years ago, and everybody loved it. And then they and then it just took off. Cool. Uh, and um, and I put on some you know I put on some big trials because it's it's fun and it's and it's easy to put on. It's it's not as complicated. Um, you just need some rats and um and some antlers and some keys basically. So. <laughs> It's not, it's not, difficult. Yeah. Um, and the people are successful and it fuels the whole sort of performance thing for me. And it, it makes them you know, want to come back.
1: Yeah. When people are successful, they want to keep doing it. When they get shut down every time they go to a trial, they're not going to be as excited right. about it. Yeah.
0: Right. And, and I, I invest in, in really good ribbons, you know, and stuff like that. So people always want to trial for us yeah. because they want the big, the big ribbons and, and all of that stuff. And, sure. and it worth the investment, quite frankly. Yeah. Yeah,
2: and when you're judging, you're judging as a NASDA judge, right now mostly.
0: No, no, I do a lot of AKC, 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 um, and 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 NASDA. Okay. Um,
2: And are you local, or you're traveling to judge, or what is that like?
0: Oh, I go all over the place. I I just uh, I spent Thanksgiving in Hawaii. Oh, and 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 that was a (laughs) write-off. It was fun. It was fun. It was really, it was really fun. I really, and that was an AKC um, trial, and that was. You know, I felt for them because they only have two scent work trials a year, so there was so much pressure
1: for right. these dogs
0: right. to be successful. Um, that that's why I did a NASDAQ trial for them at the end, just to break it up a little bit. And they all got ribbons, and I mailed them out ribbons and stuff, so that they got some some support really, because it's it's a lot of pressure. You did know, you, you
1: did you were you involved in the AKC scent work, like putting that together, or no?
0: Yeah, I was I was a rep for That's the first three years yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah and I judged the first trial right. and I kind of made some changes to to what they've done. Yeah. Um, it's the the AKC sub work has gone insane uh, it's it's just because people just want titles and they want ribbons mm-hmm. and it's it's easy for them it's pretty easy to get a novice title in 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 sub-work really yeah um, it's and so we in fact we have a big trial next week. Uh, where we have, you know, 950 runs. I mean, that's enormous. Yeah, it's crazy. It's big. It's a a lot.
2: Yeah, Um, yeah, for sure. And even before you had met Scott, I mean, you have an extensive history with dogs in California. So can you speak to that a little bit just about just your history in dogs, even maybe before you guys were joining the Nosework organization together, and maybe just how you've seen things change and evolve, because obviously everything changes and evolves. But I feel like California dogs specifically, maybe in the past two decades, has had, plus, has had quite a turnaround.
0: That's a a really amazing question, actually, and I'm going to answer it in two parts. So first of all, when I first came to the States, I I volunteered at um, the local animal shelter, Pasadena Humane, as an adoption counselor. Um, and I had, you know, I've always had dogs, but I really, really got into matching people with the right dogs. I I really, I I found it amazing and I, and, and I was very fortunate that I think it might be my accent. People listened to me and they, when I said, no, I really think this is a bad idea. I think you should get this dog. They did it. So I became very well known as, as an adoption counselor. So I ended up speaking at a conference about how to do perfect adoption,
2: which You were like the adoption matchmaker. (laughs) Yeah,
0: it was kind of fun. fun. And that's where I met John Rocherson, who sadly died, um, passed away last week. And he, I was talking to him and he said, you need to come to England to train. He said, there's there's stuff that you don't know that you don't know. And you really, he says, I really think you could be quite good at this. I was just like, oh my God. So I I left the States and I went back to England for um, almost nine months. To train with him solely, okay, and um, and I ended up going to work at different shelters in England and writing programs and stuff, and it became it was it was life changing, and there's nobody even now who's as good as John Rogerson. He he was just fantastic, and then I came back to Pasadena and they they hired me to head up their behavior department, um, and I ended up getting um, my green card, which was an alien of extraordinary ability because they didn't have a category for that, and, and, and so it was an extraordinary time um, yeah. to, to be in, in, in animal welfare, but it, perception has changed so dramatically since then. Back then, people had a little bit more respect for shelters, I think, and, and their um, opinions, and, and I think now the, the problem is the shelters aren't getting, the, they're just getting certain types of dogs the whole time, there's not much diversity. So it's making them go and, and, and buy mixed breeds instead of going to the shelter. And they're buying these mixed breeds that, you know, and we're talking about doodles. Obviously, I see more doodles than anything. And, and I think they're quite fun dogs. I wouldn't have one myself, but there's nothing wrong with them. But that's where things have gone. And, they've, and the animal shelters are suffering for it because yeah. they, they just don't have the population anymore. Yeah. Um, right. And uh, so that's And I think that's hard. And I don't think it's just because of COVID. I think it happened before then.
2: Oh, that's true. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. No. And there's logistics and rigmarole with everything in dogs, you know, chains of command and everything else. There's a lot (laughs) that goes on with the whole thing. But And the matchmaking aspect of it, I mean, partially your intuition, if you will, your dog sense, if you will, and your presence with dealing with people really helped a lot of dogs and owners have beautiful, harmonious (laughs) lives together. And thank you for all that you did for those pairs of dogs and owners, really.
0: It was, it was, a, it was a lot of fun. And, and I still see a lot of the people have since got other dogs and they come into my classes and stuff. So, so I, I have an amazing uh, base of people here that keep coming back. You yeah. Know? So it's, it's, it's really, it's, 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 it's lovely. Um, and it's a, it's a
2: very highly populated dog area of California. I just want to make that known. Like, I mean, Pasadena, there's a lot of dog places that you can go. So <laughs> you have a lot of options. And Scott said, you got a duck tolling retriever. Tell us about this. What's oh. the big hype here?
1: <laughs> and now it's like a puppy mill over there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I, um, I when I knew Scott, I had beagles and I love, love, love my beagles, but in agility, they just were really challenging to run. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I ended up with a flat coat who, who I adored. Um, but again, she did agility just because I asked her to, she was really a great nose work dog. So, when I was trying to decide what dog to get, I flipped a coin between. I always wanted, I always like retrievers. I'm not a, a big herding person. It just doesn't suit my personality. There's nothing wrong with them. I just, it just doesn't suit me. But I love, I love what I can get from a retriever. So uh, years ago, my parents had a, a duck collar, So I was just like, oh, well, I'll just sort of find it. And I ended up getting Mr. Spectacular, my, my dog Blaze. Um, who I I lost last year um, from cancer, but he was amazing. And he became the number one taller in in everything. He was just fantastic. Um, But I now have two, I have uh, Zest, who's equally as fantastic. She's um, six years old, she's an agility flying banana. (laughs) And um, she's she's really good for me because I have to really pay attention. Blaze was so easy. I would just say left, he'd go left. I say out, he'd go out. Yeah. Zest is like, Are you sure about that? And I'm just like, Yeah, yeah, I really mean go left. Yeah. Um, so she's making me a much better handler. And then I decided to breed her to get a puppy. And I was always expecting to keep one of the boys, but I ended up keeping one of the girls. And she's lovely. They're just, they're just so I have these two girls. Um, Zesta's yeah, six, um, and Tabe is now seven months, and has her first set work competition next weekend. Oh, great! So, yeah, where
1: are the other siblings? Are they in your classes? Are they local to you, or are they?
0: Yeah, one went up north, but otherwise they all stayed down here. Nice. Um, they, I put the puppies on odor at five weeks, and, and so they they they're really good at scent work because they. I just I just and I told everybody who took one, you have to do scent work, otherwise you can't have the puppy yeah <laughs> um, and so, so Tabor my little girl is competing against her brother next weekend so that'll be that'll be kind of fun um, I think and it's healthy competition
1: <laughs> oh that's nice well that's compared nice. to the
2: beagles, the tollers must be a breeze
1: now were there some male uh, puppies
0: they're a lot of dog I mean I think no, people, no, I know so the, the great thing about them is they're little so that's both of them are under 30 pounds which is a great size um I travel a lot with zest all over the country. Um, they but they have a really nice work ethic and they're not I love flat coats too, so I really like those two kind of retrievers. I, I like yeah. I like they're really they're they're a lot of dogs. They're not yeah. for the light hearted and, yeah. and I have to be very careful who I sold puppies to. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, everybody thinks they're really cute and they are really cute, but they're handful. Yeah, yeah, and actually, I've got to tell you, this is a brilliant story. I was actually in Pasadena just the other day, and I was walking both Tabor and, and Zest. And this guy comes up to me and he goes, Wow, are those two domesticated foxes? And like, yeah. <laughs> 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 you, you can guess what they were. I was just like, Oh my God. So, you know, and so he went around telling me he saw these two domesticated foxes. And- it's funny. They must have been very well-behaved to be
2: domesticated.
1: Now, which one was it you were telling me? Did you lose your wallet or something? Or was it someone else's?
0: No, this is Zest. So I had my phone stolen from my car. That's what it was. And, um, you know, you'd put the find your phone thing on. And, um, you know, there's nothing they can do with a stolen phone. So I don't know why they take them. I mean, it's just silly. And it took me to an area in La Cunada where there's a, a movie theater. And there's a big dumpster there. And I told Zest to find it. And so she kept alerting on the dumpster. But I was just like, I'm not going to get in the dumpster and get my phone back. That's just <laughs> disgusting. I'll, I'll just claim it on my insurance. So two weeks later, I get this phone call from this AAA guy saying, you know, please don't think I'm weird, but I found your driver's license and your phone on the freeway. And I said, oh, my God, I can tell you exactly where it was. <laughs> was it here? And he said, yes. And what it was was it was above, it was on the overpass above the dumpster. So oh. that's starting, I don't know how many feet is that, like probably 50, 60 feet below when it was actually up above her. I mean, I wouldn't have thought to go off on the freeway. Yeah. Yeah, she, that's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's a great sport. Um, you know, lost item recovery is, is really fun. And um, very functional. <laughs> totally functional, totally. No, yeah, That I, that, I, that, re-
1: that reminds me of a story back when we trained together where you had your husband hiding a Q-tip and it got stuck in the door of your car. It went down inside the, the window slot. So your dog is alerting on your, on your freaking car all the time. You remember that?
2: I do. I made, I made him take the car door off and get yeah. it back. That happened yeah. with us. We were doing bed, de- bed bug detection with my Malinois. And you know Scott I mean his wardrobe I'm sure was similar back then you know rips and everything everything everywhere he had a rip in his pants and the vial flew down to his ankle and my dog came in and he started alerting on his ankle and he's like go 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 find the bugs and then later that day he's like oh well it was there <laughs> he was right so there's a lot of there's a lot of fun stuff that can happen with the scent work yeah. <laughs> Crazy things that happen. And
0: they don't lie. This is a great thing. Yes. They They never lie. Especially their
2: noses don't.
0: (laughs) They might do other things, but with their noses, they don't lie. Yeah. Uh,
1: And that's when you you realize how good their nose is, it makes you more paranoid about handling of scent, where you're keeping (laughs) it, where it went, washing your hands, washing this, washing that, because you know it's everywhere. You know, you start moving the scent around, it can be everywhere, you know?
0: It is. and, And actually, when I host AKC trials... I'm, I'm, a, I'm a real control freak. I, I don't let the judges touch anything because they just, they, just don't, they just sort of rush in and hurry around. And so I try to keep it as clean as possible. And, and we certainly, as a club, have the reputation of having trials that are very well run and, and fair and, and set correctly. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, okay. it's, it's strong stuff. No, yeah. it's nice.
1: Like You were telling me about when you have your uh, demo dog Check a find, make sure everything is working the way it should. If the demo dog is having trouble finding it, you'll reset it to make sure that it's clear that the dog can find it, you know,
0: absolutely within the level
1: of the dog's working.
0: Right. The sad part is that some people, in my experience, in in all, not in NASDAQ, but in NSCSW and AKC, they want to be clever and they want to set these like clever hides that really are just there to trick the dogs. So yeah. I used to teach all the judges education for the AKC uh, training, all the, the new judges. And I'd say, if you think, oh, this is going to be a really sexy, hot hide, then don't set it because you're just trying to trick the dog. What it, What is it? What's well, the thought process that you're going through to say that you want to set that hide? You know, it's, it's the, the, the hand is near to having a heart attack as it is. You don't want to make it any worse. Sure. So it's, it, it's to me. It's just so irrelevant and, um, and and sad when when people try to do that. So I, I'm very specific about the judges that I hire. I'm very you know I'm a I'm a real control freak about it. They they either love it or they hate it. You know mm-hmm. I don't. Um, but my exhibitors know that they're taken care of, and I, and I think that's important. yeah.
2: And that's hugely important in this day and age. And it's it's a lot of money and a lot of people's time and everything else. And going to these trials, it's happening a lot agility but you know you'll get to a trial and people are upset by the course and stuff like if you're going to dedicate your whole weekend to something like you want to make sure that you're there and it's set up in a proper way and everything else so thank you for taking that extra time for your exhibitors and for the integrity of the sport like these dog sports especially at a higher level they should have a decent level of integrity so thank you for keeping that the
1: nice thing is you're an advocate for the dog (laughs) and you're not you're not trying to screw up the handlers (laughs) you want to make sure the dog can perform the way it's been trained to perform you know
0: Right, and the, the 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 key is that you know I mean not everyone's going to be happy. Oh, of They're, course, yeah. You know, the, that's just how it is. You know, but but we try very hard, and um, and as long as I don't mess up the dogs, I don't really, I don't get too upset if the handlers are unhappy because they just misread it. Yeah. If the dogs, if the dogs did well and the handlers just misread it, I, I'm not too worried about that. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's like, one thing I get to do a lot of is I get to judge a lot of breed specialties. So it's like all beagles or all fishlers. And then it's really fun because you can really start to see some breed tendencies coming into play. Sure. Yeah.
1: Beaslers yeah, well, would be a joy.
0: Oh, fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. I mean, I've judged three of the people's specialties. This just, is just great. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure
2: they love the scent work. So Scott says you have pretty fun classes. I guess you like serve wine and cheese. I feel like I should move to California and train with that was you. A,
1: I took an agility class from you with my Malinois so that I could just broaden his horizons. And you guys are all having a big party. I thought it was great. This is at the church uh, yard in Altadena. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah.
0: That's right. Well, we we do I have some special classes. I have one called the Wednesday Snip and Sip, which <laughs> is Wednesday night class. We it's a real high achieving class. So they always bring champagne. Somebody's already done, done something, um something really clever. So we that's tonight. Um so we you know, yes, it's to me it's part of the community yes. and I really enjoy getting to know my students and the most of them are friends and I enjoy watching their dogs develop into, into great performing dogs. You yeah. Know, it's
2: it, uh, it's um, being a dog trainer, you can change the course of someone's life. So it seems like you are impacting your clients and now your friends and everything in a very positive way by doing what you're doing. So that's important.
0: Well, and, and to me, I get really upset when people say, Oh, I train dogs cause I don't like people. Actually, I really like the people mm-hmm. and the dogs are the extra bonus. Yeah, I, I love watching the people. <clears throat> See what their dogs can do mm-hmm. and i'm and not for everybody and some people are just like well you know you're too pushy or i don't drink wine it's just like okay it's fine yeah. um but um it's it's a fun community it, it, really is. it really is
1: well you definitely develop a culture around your classes mm-hmm. and and that people just keep coming back and i'm sure they're there for years with you you know
0: yeah yeah, yeah. I've, I've i've had i have one person who her dog's still alive her dog is 16 she was in that first ever set work class that you took.
1: Yeah,
0: um, and she's still coming to class.
1: That's nice. That's nice.
0: I don't think she's got much time left, but she's she still comes. Yeah. So.
1: Who the handler or the dog? Both. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: He's he's always the worst. Uh, Hosting a podcast with Scott is the most challenging thing I've done in my life to date. You never know what he's going to say live. No editing. Yeah, exactly. Live podcast. Here we go. All right. Tell us the the big debate here. Which country has better dog handlers? Because now you've been in the States a bunch and you've been in England. Tell us what what your thought process is there.
1: Before you answer, do you have your permanent uh, residency now?
0: I'm a dual national. Okay.
1: (laughs) So now... (laughs) You're not going to get kicked I, out. Go ahead and tell us what you want.
0: <laughs> I think it's a really good question, actually. And when I saw it, I was just like, "Wow!" Because culturally, we're so different, and um, our our way of handling is so different because of the relationship that we have with our dogs. And and I mean that in the nicest possible way. You know, I mean, I've been in America for a long time. The relationship that the British have with their dogs is slightly different, and it's a little bit more. Um, oh, I, I want to say
1: Utilitarian
0: It's a little bit more Utilitarian, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I'm very utilitarian I, I, you know So, so I, I, I choose a dog That I want to be my teammate And to be my best partner ever right. And I try to help them along that, that process The American public don't do that at all they, 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 they're, they're far more Into the emotional response of a dog And even the performance people so, and then they get upset if they don't get the performance that they want, but they didn't think about what they were selecting for. Mm-hmm. So when I go and look for a puppy, and if I, even when I chose my own puppy recently, Tabor, I did the same thing that I always do when I choose a puppy. And I was happy to walk away. I would have been happy to walk away if she didn't, if the none of the puppies did what I wanted them to do, which it's really hard for people to do. If I, I, I have students who go and look at a litter of puppies and I say, well, if they don't do this, walk away. They go, oh, no, well, I mean, no, I'm going to get a puppy today. And it's just like, and I think that's the difference. I think it comes right down to selection. um, And I would
2: say, I'm going to say hearing it, practicality also. We can say utilitarian, but practicality of how you approach dogs and look at dogs, I think, we're different here in
0: America, it seems. Very much so. And and there's nothing right or wrong about it. It's just, it is different. I, I think I'm lucky in that I have the best of both. Because I've been here so long and I think I have some,
1: you know, my family
0: think I'm really American. They just say, Oh my god, you sound so American, it's just terrible. <laughs> what happened to you? <laughs> and, and I think that's really funny. So um, but I think I have the best of both because I can balance it. So so I'm very lucky. But yeah, I, I think the utilitarian aspect is, is is certainly important to me. Um and I, and I get I get what I I get what I want. I, 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 whenever I select a puppy to to be my teammate, I make sure that they're going to be able to do the work that I want them to do. And and I, I get it. And, and, and time and time again, everybody always says, oh gosh, you know, you're so you're lucky. So, and I go, it's not luck. I, I'm choosing what I want mm-hmm. for the job. And, and you know, Zest, uh, after because Blaze was so amazing, everyone's like, poor Zest. I said, she's going to be brilliant. She's she's." going to be just as good as him, but on a a different level. I'm going to just have to work a lot harder for it. Um, But we're finally coming together. She's now six, and she's finally realizing that I might know which way the numbers go. Uh, (laughs) sometimes (laughs)
2: sometimes <laughs> it's a female but, thing too well thank you for that <clears throat> response just because you Scott's like let's figure out which where she thinks they have the better dog handlers because she has good experience with both but I just it, you know you do have good experience with both parts and you've dipped your toes in both waters for a long period of time so I appreciate your response there
0: well and I, and I think that that makes sense to me it's, it's a it's an interesting question and it's I, I think it's you know and it can be developed I think I try to develop a more utilitarian approach to my clients here, and, and some of them actually get it and, and will, um, in fact, interesting enough with the puppies, I had one home really wants to do field and one home hates field. But the dog that, when I put them on birds at five weeks, the one puppy was brilliant at it. And the one says, oh my God, I'm really scared of the pigeon. But they both wanted the opposite dogs. And I said, no. You have to have the bird dog and you have to have the non-bird dog or go for another litter. I said, it's just not fair on this It's strike, actually, on strike to go into a home where he can't do field. He's he's wired to do field. He picked up that pigeon at five weeks and brought it right back to me. No training whatsoever. So wh- why would I let that dog go and sit at home and not do field? It would yeah. be terrible.
1: Good for you. Listen, Penny, I know you have a class in about, what, 15 minutes at your place? Yeah, it's been
0: rained out. We've got to ter- for rain here, that's why I'm wearing a sweater. It's freezing. It's like really <laughs> but, uh, um, so, like, my class has probably...
1: been cancelled. Yeah, oh, is there any... your class was cancelled. You said, yeah, yeah. Okay. It was all right, so you don't have that urgency.
2: Anything to... that we're missing as far as um, life with Scott or life and dogs or future aspirations? Anything else that you want to wisdom
0: to impart? I think, yeah, I think as trainers, all of us, I think we it's our responsibility to make people really enjoy what they have and, and and really enjoy the dogs that they have and, and celebrate them. You know, when, when I lost Blaze last year, you know, it was an absolute heartbreak, but, and obviously I cried and everything, but in the end, the bottom line was he spent nine years with me, making me look like the most amazing trainer on the planet. And he chose me. And it was like, we had this incredible nine years that nobody can ever take away. and. He'll still be talked about forever because he was just, you know, he was just that dog. Um, but I think we need to encourage people to really celebrate what they have. And, you know, I hear so many complaints. Oh, my dog does this. My dog does that. It's just like, well, did they pee outside today? <laughs> it's just like, yeah, well, then so, celebrate that for your young puppy, you know, and, and I think people get so negative. Um, And, it, and I see it all the time in agility, as I'm sure you do. And it's just like, yeah, but your dog walked up to the line, listened to you. Just because you made a poor handling choice, it wasn't actually a dog's fault. Rarely is it a dog's fault. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I agree. And I'll even take that <clears throat> to the pet dog realm where Scott and I are kind of existing most frequently now is celebrate your, you know, crazy rescue. Like we're, we just, we're, that's, that's our message in a sense too. I'm so glad you said that. Like celebrate what you do have, what you do have, let's make it as good as it can be. And let's make this the best partnership possible because, you know, people so often are just like, oh, but I want them to be like the neighbor's dog. And I want him to be like this, but you have this dog and universally there's a reason that this dog is in your
0: home. So let's make it work and, <laughs> and let's make it end oh. up well. And, and i think sometimes there's times when as a trainer we have to be responsible to say you know what this isn't going to work mm-hmm. sure. this is really and yeah. i i i do that not a lot but i do it and say you know what this isn't going to work let's 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 rehome this dog Take a break. Find something that's a bit more suitable for you. Well, you know?
1: that, that gets um, back to the Americans who say, "Oh no, 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 no! I'm not going <laughs> to let go of this dog. We're going to make it work."
0: <laughs> and, 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 and this is to what, about muzzles. It's just like, why are people so funny about a dog wearing a muzzle if the dog's biting people and you don't want to give up the dog? Then train well, it to wear a muzzle, and then it can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I, that's a great thing to consider. <laughs> Teach the dog to wear a muzzle.
0: <laughs> We're all about we, muzzles. We do
1: this all the time. Yeah. We do it all the time with people. Yeah. I
0: just, I don't. people go, oh, no, I can't do that. And I said, So you'd rather euthanize the dog than have it wear a muzzle. It's just like it's biting for a reason. I don't know why it's biting people. Yeah. But if it's wearing a muzzle, then it can't. I, I, I don't, don't understand it. It's, it's a real. In England, all the dogs wear muzzles all the time. My dogs are trained to wear muzzles. Okay. I have to wear muzzles just for the kicks and giggles because I think it's funny. Jess
1: you know. would like me to wear a muzzle half the time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> i think that's probably a good idea <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know you know probably just as well as i do <laughs> well penny thank you so much for joining us i'm so glad um that you and scott were able to reconnect last month and thank you so much for coming on the program anything else that you want to say, say again
1: penny you've motivated me oh, to start God. getting Here back involved with my dog and doing some more scent work i'm gonna have you to out he just wants to win
2: the shed trial that you're gonna host so now he's got to train <laughs>
0: i would love it it's 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 it can we we can talk privately about it but I would love it it would yeah. be really fun you, your students would love it it's really level one is really easy um they even have to pick up the ant Sounds yeah. good. All right, this is we're putting
2: on our 2023 okay. to-do Let's list. Wrap Shed it up. trial in Maine. Let's thank wrap you it up. so much, Penny. Thank you for joining thank you, us. Penny. It's and been if awesome. you guys are out in the Pasadena area, please check out Scott Fox dog training. Penny Scott Fox is out there, and she is a badass. And my husband's wearing antlers. Okay, <laughs> thank you guys so much for joining us. Happy Wednesday, and keep it quirky. Thanks, Penny.